Good evening and welcome back to another episode of the Shot Callers Podcast. Full squad in the house. Kyle's cracking up. Robin's here with me. Stay with up to the people, Robin, while Kyle composes himself. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Kyle, how you doing over there? I'm I'm doing good. Robin just said something dumb, <laughs> and I tried to <laughs> I hold it in, but I, well, once the intro started, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't be serious. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we'll save that for the bloopers. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for joining us on this late Thursday night, going into Friday. The date is April. 9th, 9th as we're recording this we just got done wrapping up the heat versus the lakers rematch of the finals once again even though there's like 19 different faces on on the court and the clippers versus the suns matchups at the top of the western conference two exciting games for two different reasons uh kind of unexpectedly and let's yeah. get right into it guys let's go straight to the heat versus lakers but actually before that still a little housekeeping where can people find the show guys robin uh, Twitter, Instagram at Shot Collar Show. They can also go on any anywhere a podcast is found. Um, they can go YouTube, all that. Spotify, Anchor, Pocket yeah, Cast, Radio.com, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating mm-hmm. and a review. And we are taking submissions for our mailbag for our mailbag episode to maybe get to know the new host a little bit, get our takes mm-hmm. on some things that are outside of the national game. So please send in those uh, those requests. And where is that inbox, Kyle? Do you remember? Uh, well, our email is also at shotcallershow uh, at gmail.com. So that you is can send called us, uh, mail. Search engine optimization, same yeah. title everywhere you look. Yeah. So, all right, now that we got that out of the way, the Heat versus the Lakers. The the Heat were favored by eight points, right? They needed yeah. eight points to cover the spread. Mm-hmm. If you guys chimed in on our Instagram page, you would have seen that Kyle, Robin, and I all took the Heat to cover that spread unsuccessfully, thanks to a Dennis Schroeder layup. But that's uh, you know cut into the end of it the heat mm-hmm. man they came out blazing trevor ariza of all people was was cutting yeah. to the rim like crazy getting to the rim drawing fouls the heat had 18 free throws in the first quarter the lakers were turning yeah. it over like crazy and it looked like they were going to really uh, run away with it after uh, andre drummond had some foul <clears throat> trouble had a weird kind of like foot problem that he aggravated in the first quarter it didn't come yeah. back till late in the second but they mm-hmm. came back forced a bunch of turnover, turnovers the other way. What looked like a really awesome defensive game with low scoring ended up being relatively high scoring uh, by those mm-hmm. teams' standards because those guys were scoring so many points off turnovers, uh, ending yeah. up with a 110 victory for Miami over the Lakers, scoring 104. Uh, you know, Of course, missing LeBron James, missing Anthony Davis, missing Taylor Horton Tucker, who was suspended after that wrestling match with OG Ananobi and the Raptors. Uh, so <laughs> now that I've told you guys what happened you know, broadly in the game, what minutia stood out to you guys? Kyle, what'd you like from this game? Uh, What I like from this game, the Lakers really showed their depth. They really kept up with Miami. Like, even though they got down a lot in the first quarter, they came back in the, in the second quarter and they kept it close, like throughout the game. Uh, I, I believe they, they even had a, a lead in the third quarter, but just Miami's talent was able to pull back the lead and and keep it for the rest of the game throughout the fourth and stuff. But yeah, uh, the Lakers' depth really showed up. You know, they competed. Uh, they Schroeder sh- showing off his smarts like throughout the entire game. Like he didn't have a field goal until like he had like, a horrible shooting th- game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, he didn't have a, f- a field goal until like late in the third or or the fourth or something. But he kept on drawing like so many fouls, like uh, on Precious Achua, like you know. He, oh man, you're cutting right to yeah. what I want to ask you about. So yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Schroeder's being pursued by Precious, you know, coming up the rear, mm-hmm. and I guess we'll just get started with this. Uh, and mm-hmm. then he stops his dribble, a total Chris Paul move. Dennis Schroeder was yeah. playing behind Chris Paul just last season on the Thunder. Yeah. Um, and then Precious runs into him. The rookie doesn't know. He just bowls him right over, gets a foul yeah. call. And Eric Spolstra, Robin, said, that's not that's basketball. Not basketball. That's yeah. not fucking basketball to the rest. Yeah, he, and I got to say, say I got to say, so that's just going to start, get started with that. Reggie Miller had a different take, or Chris Weber had a different take. What do you think? Yeah. Is that a basketball move? Should that be legislated uh, against the offensive player for pulling something like that, where they just stop their dribble and allow themselves to get run over by the defending trailer? I think that's a basketball move because if 
on offense, if you're driving to the lane and someone's going to take a charge, you have to be in control. On defense, it's the same thing. You can't run wild and just run into people. Yeah, he stopped, which I get it. But they've been doing this for so long now. So it's it's definitely a basketball move. I don't know if, you know, Eric Spolster can say whatever he wants. But I think it's a basketball <laughs> move. It is definitely boring to watch. It's not fun because you're going to go to the line or it's going to stop the fast break. But it's a smart thing. Like, you see all, like, veterans point guards doing it. Schroeder, you see Chris Ball doing it. Rondo doing it. So I think it's a basketball move. My man, uh, before I let you, you know, respond to that, Kyle, if you have a different opinion. Speaking of slowing the game down and being whack to watch, how many yeah. fouls were in this game? Yeah, the game, there were so many. Like, I got started in, into the Clippers game late, four minutes late into mm. the show, just because yeah. there were so, it was running so long from all the foul calls and commercial breaks. Kyle, do you think that's a basketball play, being a basketball player yourself? I I thought it was a basketball play. I, I thought it was a – I agree with Robin for once. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a smart play. You know, he, he was kind of toying with not only Precious, but, like, multiple other players on, on the Heat. You know, he was drawing fouls from Andre Iguodala, uh, Bam. Uh, Bam was in foul trouble or, or – well, throughout, throughout most of the game. That's why he, he sat out until – like uh like midway through the fourth or something uh but yeah he was really smart and even though he didn't score until like late in the third like or in the fourth uh he had like nine assists in like the first half so he was getting his teammates involved like you know he he was hustling uh especially on defense like uh it it wasn't just on offense he was drawing fouls like on defense he was uh, uh drawing fouls like he was all over the place just not on the scoreboard Gotcha, gotcha. So Dennis Schroeder yeah. gets his due praise, even yeah. in the losing effort. Uh, another yeah. guy that kind of stood out for me a lot, and you mentioned him already, was Bam Adebayo. Yeah, he had some foul trouble, but his presence was felt all around the paint. Big offensive yeah. rebounds, good box outs of Andre Drummond, who didn't reach his season average for, for rebounding. It's kind of rough because he only played a couple games. He's back from injury, yeah. but he didn't get his 14, 15 boards that he, like he normally <laughs> does. Uh, you know, a monster down there. And even just like when... Contavious Caldwell Pope, who can score in spurts, you know he can lay it up, he can yeah. shoot a three, he can put the ball on the ground. Just being there, uh, behind him or the fear of him, caused uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope oh, to yeah, to like super miss a layup, super. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> that God. was funny. And, and uh, even be- <laughs> but but before that, I'll give him a lower props because he had a freaking NBA Street Volume Three. Uh, you know, spinning oh, yeah, layup like, high off the glass, like looking wonderful, yeah. looking like a Steve Nash layup in, in NBA Street where the, he's just not allowed to dunk, so he just gets the flashiest yeah. highlight package of layups. So uh, mm-hmm. that's something that made me laugh. Uh, Robin, did you mention uh, what stood out the most to you during this game? It's the free throws. The Heat had 40 free throws. Mm-hmm. They 40. had 18 in the first quarter. They yeah. had 12. I thought, yeah, and I know Oladipo had six points in the first quarter, I think, and he had six free throws. Yeah, I mean that's that's I mean you're not gonna win a game if you let the other team go to the free throw line fifty times to- or forty times. That's uh, especially compared to when they only went to the free throw line like like twenty five times. Yeah, and that I think that fits into Miami's like system. It's play good defense and get easy baskets, which free throw is probably the easiest basket you can get besides like an open fast break, but. Jimmy Butler going to line 12 times. I think Jimmy Butler, even though he's obviously a superstar and he's, like, crazy good, I still think he's underrated at times. Like, you don't hear his name. Mm -hmm. We talk about the top five players, top ten players, but he can do it on defense. He can do it on offense. I mean, he can do it anywhere, and yet he still kind of gets underappreciated, I think. Yeah, and I think it's because you don't see him in all that many, you know, highlight clips that go around on Twitter besides his, like, interviews that are crazy because he speaks his mind or <laughs> says wild stuff. Yeah. It's because he's big and strong, draws a lot of fouls. Mm. That's, that's his MO. He's led yeah. the league in, in fouls drawing for portions of seasons previously. Uh, right up there with James Harden, who gets all the hate for mm. drawing all the fouls. But James, uh, Jimmy Butler, I almost call him James Butler. Jimmy Butler, uh, <laughs> you know, he uses his body. He doesn't burst into open spaces and dunk with ferocity all the time. He's manhandling you, putting guys like Dennis Schroeder kind of in the spin cycle and saying, you can't stay in front of me because my muscles are too gigantic. And that's yeah. not Twitter, you know, uh, you know, fast food for, for retweets, which is why he seems underrated, <laughs> I think, you know. But Jimmy Butler, what a man's man, man. Like, that guy, yeah. Just he just exerts his will and gets to the line. You were about to say something, Kyle? 
Yeah, no, I was going to say, I feel like he doesn't get as much hate because of, you know, how strong he is. And that's why he draws so many fouls compared to like James Harden, who has really long arms and he moves his arms through the contact all the time and, and, you know, kind of forces the foul or almost or like, like grabs, grabs somebody else inadvertently, you know. Yeah. And so that, that, James Harden opens the cookie jar and makes you foul them. (laughs) Yeah. So that's probably why he gets, uh, a lot more hate than than uh, Jimmy Butler, but yeah, he's he's just that dude, bro. Like he's that dude when he's out there on the floor. Like uh, even on defense, you know, he's one he's one of two guys that has more uh, steals and uh, fouls. Uh, him and Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah, what so, a stat! Yeah. yeah, what a great yeah. one, uh, man. I used yeah. to exalt Kawhi Leonard. I was like, man, JV, the old host of the of the Shot Callers, this guy is so good. OG. He's got more steals. Than fouls and, and JV was mm-hmm. like, man, that's crazy. And now, yeah, yeah I'm crazy. learning looking back that Jimmy Butler is doing the same thing. That's wild yeah. because you got to have aggression to get the steals up that high, yeah. Yeah, but have yeah. you know the the quick hands and the preciseness to get the steals yeah. successfully without fouling, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But you need reputation mm-hmm. to get that too, and he's earned it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and and he doesn't get a lot of hate like you said because he has such a likable personality. Whereas yeah, James Harden true, doesn't true. really. He's not a very extroverted person. The most like memeable James Harden moment that you can think of is that time when he, they were talking about his conditioning and he went like this. <laughs> when he was on the Rockets, you know? So. Oh, I guess, yeah. I, I guess I, when you said most memeable uh, James Harden moment, I thought of the, recently uh, when he called Chris Paul a midget. He got the midget oh, back. Dang, <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, what is uh, your okay? We're talking about most memeable James Harden moments. What about the time that Giannis hit him in the face with the basketball super hard? <laughs> oh, Ow, that hurt. <laughs> I laughed too hard. Actually, I I hurt myself. <laughs> Ow! Oh, that hurts. Actually, <laughs> uh, while Kyle recovers, <laughs> Robin, do you, do you have any memeable James Harden moments that you remember? <laughs> Y'all remember the whole incident where he used to do the little thing where, like, the little chef yeah. thingy? Yeah. And then the that rapper, like, cursed him, and he actually started sucking. Lil B? Lil B? Oh, it's yeah. Lil yeah. B. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then eventually, he was like, the curse is lifted, and James oh, started yeah. being good again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. It's not really a meme, but that that's what sticks out to me. I don't, a lot of yeah. people don't remember that, but I, that's right there in my head. Um... Okay, great. I'm glad that we got through the meme section of, of today's game with a player that didn't even show up tonight. But I did have a couple of other notes, and, and we have buried the lead on this because this is probably what's going to be making a lot of headlines tomorrow morning once Shams and Woj are done conducting medical tests on Victor Oladipo and reporting the results before the hospital knows. But Victor Oladipo went up for a dunk in open space, and when he was hanging on the rim, kind of was like, ah, you know, something something hurt. And he limped back on defense and kind of was trying to work it out and got pulled from the game after having a very awesome game. You you mentioned Oladipo yeah. got to the line a bunch, drawing, driving a lot through the lane, uh, and playing stellar defense, like really awesome yeah. in passing lanes, great contesting mm-hmm. shots without fouling. Tyler Hero could take learn a thing or two from that. Tyler Hero mm-hmm. had an egregious like jump out close out on a three point shooter that draw three fouls that he wasn't going to make anyway. I think it was Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Um, mm-hmm. Oladipo is, is good at defending without fouling. And even if he's not shooting super great, he is averaging 20 points for the season by getting to the line quite often. And that was something that I could tell the Heat were looking forward to. And now that that's kind of in question, um, is that kind of in line with what you were afraid was going to happen with the with the Heat, Robin? Were you thinking that this is what was going to happen with Oladipo? Or were you thinking he was more likely to kind of probably finish this season off more in a healthy manner like where, where were you thinking it might have gone i mean obviously it was a major win for them this season probably in the playoffs helping them out but i think it was also more of a jimmy butler's kind of getting old when we have someone to transition into to help bam kind of continue the thing because jimmy butler's in his 30s right mid 30s i think he's 30 i think he might be yeah, 31 yeah. I, I think he just, he's, oh yeah, i thought he was way older yeah, no, anyway he's not, he's not that old okay well, they got Victor Oladipo, who's a little bit younger as well. Um, oh, he's 30, but, 31, just to inform the viewers. Yeah. Okay. And then Victor Oladipo's like, what, like late 20s, right? So a couple years younger. I think he's 27, 28. Um, 28, you're right. But 20, okay, yeah. So it was kind of a – it's kind of like how the Mavs took a chance on KP. It's like if he's healthy, you know, nobody's going to want to play him. But it's the fact that if he can stay healthy – and over time, I think they need to kind of rest management 
like rest manage him mm-hmm. over back to backs and whatnot, just because he hasn't consistently stayed healthy since that Quad one injury. stellar season in uh Indiana. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like ex- not expected that he was gonna get hurt, but it is something like when you kind of ru- not rush it back, but it's all about your mental. And I feel like like it was no contact injury today, so. Mm-hmm. Those are the scariest because those are the ones that usually keep you out the longest. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, it was no contact, like you said. And at the time of this recording, Kyle let me know that it was uh, the x-rays were negative. So I guess no structural damage that was immediate, but they're going to do an MRI that I was joking about earlier for, I guess, musculature, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. So we'll we'll keep you guys posted. Uh, What else... uh, what else? What other tidbits did you guys have from this from this particular game? Lakers side, Alex Caruso looking good, uh, but he did seem to get like hurt on this uh, crazy contest where he went straight up and got collided into by Oladipo, uh, and then ended up coming back and finishing kind of strong with the headband. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was gonna say one of the things that stood out to me during this game that, uh, like later on in the second half of this game i was noticing that miami's offense was getting a little too predictable with with just running the constantly running the pick and roll with bam and doing the handoffs and stuff and i saw like uh the lakers were able to uh, capitalize off that and create turnovers off of that as well like because they were kind of predicting the 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 drop pass and uh get a steal like quite a few times and so i i just want especially when bam's on the floor like Bam is, they they just need to, I guess, change how uh, they incorporate Bam into the offense sometimes instead of just the, the pick and roll and the handoffs because they, they just kind of lead into the same actions most of the times, like either uh, uh, Bam and, and the guard are rolling to the basket or Bam will stay uh, in the high post, uh, like kind of at the elbow, uh, you know, either looking to take a jump shot or, or pass it off or to do another handoff and things like that. So I, I kind of want to maybe just, to, you know, look for him in the in the low block or something, maybe post him up sometimes, you know, maybe against Andre Drummond wouldn't be the smartest, but against, you know, uh, since especially the Lakers switch pretty often, maybe like, uh, posting him up when when he has a mismatch and things like that. Uh, so uh, and also Miami is one of the le- one of the least uh, or they take the least amount of three pointers. Uh, which you know since their defense is so good, it doesn't really hurt them that much right now. But I feel later in the playoffs they're really gonna need that that punch uh, from from the three point line and. One of the benefits of having Victor Oladipo was, you know, because, you know, Tyler, Tyler Hero has been, you know, on and off. Mm-hmm. D- uh, Duncan Robinson, you know, defense is uh, playing really tight. So he doesn't he doesn't, you know, get an opportunity to shoot that often. So I, I felt like Victor Oladipo would have helped alleviate that pressure from from Bam and the offense in general. So hopefully, you know, the injury isn't too serious and he's able to come back uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, kind of like a release valve, a little bit like Aaron Gordon uh, Mm -hmm. is doing in Denver right now. You saw Jimmy Butler, like even with the time winding down, six seconds on the shot clock, left corner kind of buried behind KCP, and then he still turns the corner, drives towards the rim, and you can imagine Victor Oladipo doing this the way that Drogic did. Drogic uh, followed behind Butler kind of on an opposing, opposing curve, and Butler had a little dump off pass to Drogic for an and one. Like that's wonderful, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's great if if Dragic can be healthy. But he missed several games in the finals because you know he's getting up there, which is why you got Old Depot as kind of insurance or maybe another threat that can be there at the same time. Because uh, mm-hmm. if they're not going to shoot a lot of threes, they got to manufacture easier points that way. If they're because they're not always going to get the whistles that they're getting right now, even though they get to the line a lot. Because um, if you look at the if you look at their shooters, like Tyler Hero's having an uh, okay year, you know, it's not gonna have yeah. exponential growth year over year. Duncan Robinson, <clears> terrific <throat> three point shooter, but outside of that, Jimmy Butler doesn't really prefer to take a lot of threes. Dragic can take some. They lost Kelly Olynyk. They brought in uh, Bielitsa, who can be good, but he's just starting out. Trevor Reza mm-hmm. got a lot of new faces here, so they're kind of yeah. they're kind of. I think they need to continue to see, and we want to continue to see if they can have more bread and butter options that they can go to consistently when the three-point shots or the free throws aren't coming uh, all the time. Are you glad that I said the word Bielitsa for you, Robin? What were you going to say when we brought up Bielitsa? 
And <laughs> I would have said like Bajelica. 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 And uh, oh, uh huh. Oh, you going? You oh, finish. I was gonna say just props for props for the Heat for signing Bielita. I've seen him quite often on the Wolves and the Kings because they often come to the Mavericks, uh, you know, home or. They come play the Mavericks at home in Dallas, and Bielitsa's often lighting them up from three. So that guy, he may not look like much as far as like an athletic specimen, but that guy's kind of crafty. He he can make a simple pass to an open man, uh, you know, swing it around the perimeter, and can shoot from three, and is really tall. So if he's near the bucket, he can kind of lay it in. So uh, that's another one I want to watch because I don't think Trevor Reese is going to be turning back the feminine youths like every game. So they're going to need contributions from everyone. Uh, I was just going to kind of talk about the Lakers real quick because I talked about the Heat, but I think this is probably the most important time, and I think this probably is the best-case scenario for them. Like, you know what LeBron and AD are going to bring, and even Kuz at times, even though he, I think he spends more time looking at his wardrobe than he does practicing. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but, like, when you have all these people who are usually on the bench playing, like, 20 minutes, now they're playing 30, 35 I think that gives them that confidence to when they're coming back off the bench, they know how to play, they get more in rhythm. And that's even scarier because you're improving their depth. And I think that's the biggest thing with LeBron teams or, you know, when you have two stars or even three, if you want to count Drummond now, um, is their depth. So if they get in foul trouble or if an injury happens during, you know, the playoffs or if one of them are having an off night, you know that you can bring in your whole second string or, your, you know, even some of the third stringers who have started a couple games, have came off the bench, played a lot. Um, so this is an important time. So like, even today, it was a close loss, but a six-point game without your two best players and then Kuz is not bad at all to go, especially against the Heat, who have been doing good since, I think, February or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is an important time for them. They probably will drop a lot more games, but you know, just stay competitive and just keep getting better because you know what they're going to do in the playoffs when they get healthy. Man, the Lakers better hope that they develop some role players because they're going to keep rolling out Alfonso McKinney. Oh, my God. Alfonso... Oh, well, he's not one of them. He's not one of them. Alfonso McKinney them. is I the mean... guy that was on the Warriors. Uh, sorry, before I roast him, what were you going to say, Kyle? <laughs> I was going to say, I thought he played okay. He played like okay. I, I know, yeah. But, yeah. No, right, in this game. But Alfonso McKinney... And he had you know, a turnover. He didn't have a lot of usage, so I can't say that he had a horrible game. He made an open shot. He had an athletic dunk, which I was surprised yeah. by. Because when he was on the Warriors and you know Kevin Durant's injured, Clay Thompson injured, like all these injuries up and down the roster, I think even Andre Godella missed a game. Alfonso McKinney was the guy that, me, I'm like, okay, let's see Toronto win one. That, that'd be cool. Kawhi Leonard had that awesome shot against the uh, against the, the Sixers. They took down yeah. the, the Bucks. I'm like, cool, we the North. You know, this is cool. And... Uh, Every time Alfonso McKinney had the ball, it's like, yes, this is like the sixth Raptor on the court. Like, this is not going to be good for the Warriors. Whatever he's doing, if he's getting if he's getting crunch time minutes, this is going to be bad news. And the Lakers <laughs> better hope, in my opinion, that they have the rotation short up that does not include him in the top seven. Because uh, that, you know, if he can show us athleticism like that, sure. But just in the times that I see him, um, he defends hard, but... He, a lot of times he's getting lost in the flow of the offense. Uh, he doesn't know where to stand, or he doesn't have quick decision-making, which will get you in trouble against top defenders like the Heat have. So uh, just my my two cents on, on their rotations. Um, and, man, a lot of new faces all over the team uh, because we had Alfonso McKinney, Ben McLemore, who was previously on the Rockets, yeah. and before that the Kings, like, Kind of on his last legs up until the Rockets gave him a chance. Mike Tony gave him a chance and said, shoot everything. And he shot. He was shooting tonight. Uh, one for four, 25%. But uh, he, I guess, imbued himself with confidence in in uh, in Houston. So I think that you're going to see a lot more shots from him. I think he'll be taking Alfonso McKinney's minutes going forward <laughs> uh, as the Lakers progress. What's up? Real quick. Do you guys think that Marcus Gasol is like, out of the rotation since Drummond arrived? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, they they were discussing it too that that if he's not starting, you know, he he's gonna be out of the rotation because it's gonna be Drummond, Harrell, and and eighty like taking all the spots. So they're you know they're only gonna use him and utilize him for certain matchups uh, that they're trying to take advantage of. So it's really unfortunate and it sucks to hear. But yeah, I think he's just out of the rotation for the for the most part. 
I don't think he's out of the rotation. Um, I think that that was kind of just something that the Lakers or Marcus Gasol wanted to say in the moment to save themselves from having to answer these questions again and again, like you do in all these times where there's like conflictions with the starters or if there's a guy that's injured and they're like, is he playing today? Is he playing today? They say no timetable for a turn because they don't want to answer that question every time that that happens. Uh, I think that uh, one, with the Lakers being as injury prone as they have proven to be so far this season, unfortunately, that there's going to be a lot of need for him. Uh, I think Andre Drummond might need some time to rest that big toe because he's missing a toenail, which is very painful. Like, that's really, really painful. I'm not making light of that. Uh, but I think there's definitely going to be series. I think Marcus Hull's not too proud to come off the bench. I think he wants to be mm-hmm. any part of the championship team, even though he seemed that way on the Raptors. But now that he's gotten that championship out of the way, I think he's going to be willing to come off the bench when on nights that Harrell is suspended for a game because there was a flagrant <laughs> foul or what what have you. They're going to have to do some tinkering. Their rotation is going to be very short, and he's going to be playing. So that's kind of my answer to the question. Long-winded. Okay. Uh, I was... It's pretty funny, you know, speaking of ejections, you know, both of the Morris twins got ejected today. Oh, yeah, I know. I was say that. that was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah man. And it those was, guys, it was so funny. they get on my nerves because... Yeah, they do. Th- like, I don't want to fight either one of them. But, like, <laughs> when they're angry, they don't look angry. They don't always look angry, like, you know, in a in a in in an intimidating way. They look like whiners to me, you know, looking at mm-hmm. it from TV. However... You know, uh, Morris Jr. in this one, in the Heat, uh, or in the Heat-Laker game, got ejected because he totally threatened that ref in the corner. Like, he, like, yeah. kind of squared up to him and kind of boxed yeah. him into the corner. And yeah, the ref was did. like, all right, you're out of here, bro. <laughs> so Yeah, he it was he was really doing too much. I, I was really confused. Like, it was clear that it wasn't even a no-call, but then he went up to the ref and he, like, squared up to the ref anyway. And I was so confused and he kept talking and and saying saying stuff to the ref and i was i was just like like what's like i i don't get it like well what's your problem bro you, like you just need to chill and his and his twin brothers is the exact same way because he got ejected too in the clippers game so does anybody know if they still share a bank account anybody know <laughs> probably not <laughs> they definitely they still share a bank account yeah when they were on the suns uh, as rookies they they had stipulations in their contracts or you don't have to have a stipulation for this part, but they had their checks direct deposited into a joint bank account that they shared. Same tattoos, <laughs> same you know hairstyle, beard style. That. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and then they tried to negotiate with the GM at the time. They negotiated their contract together, like stepbrothers, Will Ferrell and and uh, John C. Riley style. <laughs> like, okay, you either trade us both or none of us. And then they separated them, like maybe three months later, which is kind of messed up, I guess. But that's the way the the cookie the cookie crumbles. Um, you were saying, Kyle. Uh, I was going to say, you know, Precious Achua, you know, he had some great minutes out there tonight. Uh, lots of fouls. There, yeah, well, lots of fouls. You know, Schroeder was baiting him uh, a lot and, you know, kind of just some dumb fouls as well. But one thing I, I called him out for, like, a couple, I don't know if it was last week or, or the week before, but I said that he needs to work on his ball handling the this week like he went out on a fast break and he was handling the ball and i was like oh god this is gonna be a turnover but no he he actually uh finished the layup uh, through contact and stuff i mean they they almost called it or the lakers bench thought it was a travel but on the replay it, it was clear that it wasn't a travel so it, that kind of surprised me but he had some athletic blocks you know um he was hustling in the paint you know uh, especially when Bam was out, I think in like the third quarter, you know, they were doing the the same actions like like handoff, dribble handoffs, and and pick and roll and stuff. And he was he was giving them a good punch on offense as well. So uh, he you know he gave them great minutes. And I think Miami, like if they were able to reach, you know, if they're all healthy and they all live up to their full potential, like. Mainly, mainly their young players like uh, uh, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Victor Oladipo. You know, if if he's healthy, I feel like they have the a really good mix of vet players with Trevor Ariza, Andre Iguodala, uh, Udonis Haslam. Uh, I mean, you you could probably kind of say uh, uh, Jimmy Butler, but what? Why are y'all looking at at me funny when I said Udonis Haslam? Like he he's a vet. He. <laughs> Like he he can lead these young guys uh, like Bam, uh, Tyler Hero, like I said, and I feel like they have a great mix. And if they were able to live fully live up to their potential. I feel like they're probably the second best team in the in the East. 
Wow, that's a bold statement, Robin. Do you it's agree the with that? Second best team. Yeah, if if they if they live up, I mean. So you you would take them over the Bucks, Seventy Sixers. I mean, they're pretty. The they're Nets. pretty even. Well, I mean, no, no, the Nets are number one. Like depending on who you put number one on that day, I, you're putting the Heat above well, all the, the well, other that, ones. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. I was saying like if they were able to, you know, fully live up to their potential, like like getting the most out of Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Victor Oladipo, but you know, you know, Victor Oladipo's hurt now, and then Tyler Hero is like in- inconsistent, like he. He doesn't make the right decision a lot of the time, but I feel like ta- talent-wise, like they're they're probably, in my opinion, they they have the best best mix of players and to be the second best team in the East. Uh, the, you know, the Bucks and the 76ers are like you know right there. You know, the 76ers depth is a little questionable. Uh, you know. The Bucks have definitely improved, especially with Drew Holiday re- recently. Like he's he's playing really good. So, I, hit uh, the Heat and the Bucks are probably you know maybe interchangeable probably. But like I said, theoretically, I think they're the second best team. Well, in reality, we'll see. I guess. Uh, so in the, reality, uh, they're probably like fourth if they can keep climbing up the standings. Yeah, they are. They have been yeah. kind of hot. Just gotta but... stay healthy. Yeah, stay healthy for sure. Um, and I kind of wanted to just touch on one more aspect of the Lakers. What did you guys think watching Drummond tonight in his second, I guess, mostly full game as a Laker? Robin? I think it looks like he isn't giving them – I mean, obviously he's giving them rebounds, a good uh, defensive you know, presence in a way. But just being a big body expect- down there is, is good, right? Yeah, yeah, everyone's expecting more, but it's like he's not that type of center. He's not a Joel Embiid, or he's not. He's more of like a a go bear, but more focused on rebounding, offensive rebounding. I think he's gonna like blend really well with AD and LeBron. I think now he's kind of just left out there doing the stuff that he can't really do because he's playing with not a bunch of bums, but a bunch of people who shouldn't be playing as many minutes <laughs> as they are. Uh, but I think in the playoffs, he's going to be the one, as I think uh, Chris Webber was saying, he's going to get you three, four extra possessions a game, and those are going to be critical. That's six, eight points you can add on top. I mean, if he had three more offensive rebounds, they would have won the game today, you know what I mean? I think, so. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think everybody that is working, uh, listening to this, and on this episode talking right now, has worked in a situation where you're just shorthanded and you got to do more than you normally have to do. That's literally what Andre Drummond is doing right now on the Lakers. You know, he's not supposed to create. He's not supposed to get three. He's not supposed to get more than three post-ups a game. Uh, so it's unfortunate for those that aren't used to watching him. He is an athletic player. He can move his feet when he wants to and kind of is in the open court and needs to, you know, run up and down the court, get rebounds, of course, have second effort. He doesn't sky to, you know, to, to the rebounds, but he definitely has a big body that can move guys out of the way. Props to Tyler Hero on that one particular box out. Uh, yeah. to keep him, like I said, to keep him below their uh, his season average on on uh, on rebounds. But I asked that question kind of just to get us back to the end of that game where they almost were trying to make mount their final comeback. They were within ten points almost. Uh, Drummond kind of came alive. It seemed like he got an offensive board, a putback, had a you know had a big offensive rebound for them to continue to score, and then kind of when the Morris ejection happened that you mentioned earlier, kind of went all off the rails. Um, <laughs> Caruso draw, drew a charge. Matthews had some threes. Like, you know, he's kind of coming yeah. back out of his coffin a little bit. It was, well, I was putting dirt on it, and he's looking like Uma Thurman and Kill Bill, like the hands coming out of the coming out of the dirt. Uh, so we'll see if that continues or if I should shovel the rest of the dirt. Uh, but, yeah, so as I shovel dirt on Wesley Matthews, I'm shoveling the dirt on this game. Are there any last words? Uh, I'm just mad you guys were looking at me crazy. For saying, for saying the stuff I said about the heat. No, not about the heat. It was just when you said Udonis Haslam's there. I was like, he yeah. doesn't even step on the court. <laughs> like he's uh, <laughs> he doesn't have to. He's he's, he's an assistant coach. Getting he's paid as a player. To no, you're right. Yeah. yeah, he's yelling at him. He's already yeah. yelling at people. <laughs> That's for sure. Who's y'all's uh, MVP of the game? Oh, for me, man, this is Jimmy Butler. Makes it so easy to pick him. It's Jimmy Butler. <laughs> he facilitates. I gets to the I line. Can't go against my boy. Is that what you're picking too, Jimmy Butler? Yeah. Robin, are you, you got Jimmy a Laker? Butler. You got a Laker over there? I'm not a Laker. 
Are we doing? Are we doing uh, MVP? Or are we doing second? Like how did last? No, time? no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's 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 uh, not returning. <laughs> I um. Honestly, I'd probably do. Uh, that's gonna sound cheesy, but probably yeah, same person. I was into Jimmy Butler. Oh, nice. I mean, he almost himself had half the free throws the Lakers had. That's that's crazy. Like that's. No. Y'all, y'all saw that Victor Oladipo uh, slam, right? Oh, we didn't bring it up. I got it right here. Yeah. Uh, what did I say? Hu- uh, the notes say huge motherfucking slam for Oladipo. Yeah, like, what that, the that fuck? shit was sick, bro. <laughs> I, I was like, dude, that that shit was cold. It's kind of like he just like squirted his way in there. Yep. You got to <laughs> spurt, spurt, <laughs> okay. and squirt. All right. All right. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Do you want to transition this over to the uh, to the next game on the docket, or Robin, yeah. whoever, whoever wants to do it? Yeah, I'll go ahead and transition us to the next game, Phoenix versus the Clippers. Uh, Phoenix coming off, uh, this is the second night of their back-to-back. You know, last mm-hmm. night they... What a game. Uh, I watched that whole I game. Know. Yeah, they they came off a close overtime win against the, the Jazz. And they come over to L.A. And, you know, another great team in the West, you know, battling out for, you know, top top three in the West, you know, who's going to figure out those positions. Uh, the Clippers were favorited by six points, correct? Yes. I, yeah. I thought I thought they were crazy uh, with how good Phoenix looked last night and how they've been playing overall. And, and the Clippers have been, you know, a bit inconsistent at times. But uh, throughout most of this game, you know, this – this was a slugfest, like like I expected uh, between both teams, until it got got until like the fourth quarter when the Clippers just started shooting the lights out on the threes, and they were able to pull away. And uh, Phoenix went cold, and uh, that's all she wrote. Yeah, man, so, it was it was unnatural how many threes were yeah. going in for the Clippers, man. Paul George was sinking everything. Uh, mm. Chris Paul hit the side of the backboard, and I'm not yeah. moving on him. Like it, yeah. it really happened. The same spot yeah. that that playoff P hit it, yeah. you know, in pandemic the bubble. Pandemic P. Uh, pandemic P hit it in the bubble. Like uh, it was wonderful to watch. Um, seeing Denver or seeing Denver, seeing Phoenix play last <laughs> night in that awesome game against the Jazz, where they overcame in the overtime, and then seeing them play tonight with seemingly fresh legs up until the end. Uh, the thing that kind of just jumped off the screen to me is watching Devin Booker, of course he's got range, he can score. Um, but kind of like when I said Jimmy Butler doesn't seem like he is all that fast in open space, he's more of like a bruiser. Devin Booker is fast with the ball. Like, I think of guys like De'Aaron Fox, you know, John Wall, you know, being fast with the ball. Uh, Kyrie Irving, of course, too. But Devin Booker's there, and he's got size on all the guys I just mentioned. Uh, six foot seven, I want to say six foot six, and just being able to get to where he wants to go and being a fast break presence is something that you don't see from every guy in the NBA that often. You know, top scorers like LeBron James. Well, he's a freight train, but Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kevin Durant. You don't always see them running in the open floor um, all that often. Clay Thompson. You know, these top scorers like that when when he's healthy. Uh, but you can see the athleticism from Devin Booker, and you got to remember he's only twenty like three. He's twenty twenty. He's twenty four, I think now. Um, so yeah. I thought that was a uh, really, really awesome to see, even though there was a loss and kind of a shellacking dude. Speaking of big ass dunks, Kawhi Leonard with a big ass yeah. dunk. Oh yeah. man. That was great to see. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what y'all got, you know, that's, uh, jumping off the page for y'all from this game. I'd probably say a uh, regular season P came to play today. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was hitting shots that was hitting the backboard in the playoffs. He was hitting them today, but um, he did his thing. Kawhi Leonard, he had a little off game. Usually, I'd never see him really turn the ball over like as much as he did tonight, which is weird to see because he's usually so not, – he's not slow-paced, but he's more fundamental. He's footwork. measured. He's I not, would say measured, you know? like he's, Yeah, because mm-hmm. he can still jump over you and dunk it like as he did today. And he's strong. He has big hands, but he plays slow. He plays his game, but today I feel like – he was getting not rattled, but Rushed. they were kind of throwing him off his game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, D book. I like how he stayed aggressive. He only shot two three pointers. Uh, he got to the free throw like like fourteen times, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Um, but the shout out today has to go to Rondo. I mean, he had a plus twenty four. Came in, was looking like Boston Celtics Rondo. I mean, he was shooting threes. He was doing layups, hitting yeah. nice passes. I mean, he was he was doing. He kind of out point guard. 
Chris Paul tonight, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Especially in the fourth quarter when it got somewhat close. I felt like Rondo was making sure everybody got the ball. I think they were talking about it on the halftime show, but now I feel like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard don't have to do as much as far as bring the ball up to court, make sure everybody gets involved. Because that's when they were really, like, really, really good, they never did that. And last year, I feel like they had to do that more. And eventually, they started getting fatigued, like, in the playoffs. And then it just kind of threw them off their game. But this season, especially in the playoffs, they're not going to have to get everybody else involved. They're just going to have to find their games. Um, so good pickup at Rondo. But the Suns, are the, even tonight on a back-to-back, I think they played the Jazz yesterday night, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And they went to overtime, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to come to L.A. and basically be really close to – it was a couple of shots – you know, they were 6-for-24 from the three-point line, so just a couple shots away from just changing the game. The Suns are – they take a big leap, and I, I'm kind of happy to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, it's cool to see. Uh, even when the Suns were going up neck-and-neck neck against the Mavericks in the 2000s, because that's the last time they made the playoffs, um, even when I hated, you know, as a Mavericks fan growing up, having them as a rival team, they were still fun to watch and, and something cool about them. I like their history. I like Charles Barkley, you know, as, as a former son, taking them to at the finals. Um, but the things that stick out to me, you're right. Uh, I So one of you guys mentioned that it was uncharacteristic of Kawhi Leonard to have so many turnovers. He had five. Uh, I noticed just, I wrote one down that Chris Paul had. I was like, man, Chris Paul with a live ball turnover. It got poked away from him. He's usually hyper observant of everyone around him yeah. at all times. And it, and it didn't end up going to anything because Reggie Jackson, you know, who I can't stand, uh, had a, had a, had a travel on the other side. Uh, so it didn't lead to anything wrong, but it just kind of made you think like, man, something's kind of off tonight. And their legs seemed a little dead in the fourth quarter. The Suns' uh, legs did. We're running up and, up and down the court with such ferocity. I thought Michael Bridges would get um, more minutes yesterday against the Jazz. He had 36 tonight. I guess obviously being more fresh, but defensive stopper. Uh, big thing that stood out to me for the Suns was um, DeAndre Aiden. Like, he had a really yeah. good presence as a dump-off guy, just being... Yeah. Uh, a tank in the middle. Um, why does that guy look so old? He's like 21. Like his face, <laughs> his facial features just look like he's 36. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but you know, props to him. Props to the Suns and you know general managers around the league for letting Cameron Payne have just a mu- just enough leash to like ride the end of the bench on the Thunder, on the Bulls. I feel like on the Hawks. Like where was he not? not playing up until he can get to, you know, Monty Williams and the Suns, where he seems like he kind of has a small role keeping the pace up. However, I did see that turnover where he, where he, you know, live ball turnover, just turned it over to the other team and he got yanked immediately. So he's not a permanent backup point yeah. guard, but props to them for rehabilitating his career. Six years at the end of the bench. Like, that's a long time. I don't know how he lasted this long, but, you know, go Suns, I guess. Yeah, I, I was gonna say uh, with with DeAndre Aiden, he he was a main bright spot uh, on the Suns team tonight. You know, there were so many like drives and dump offs. He was in the dunker spot like the whole time, and it was just like easy like easy layups and and dunks for him because the the other big guy or the big guy that was guarding him would would uh, go to the guard. Either it was uh, Cameron Payne, like you said, or Devin Booker, or Chris Paul, whatever. Uh, but I. I felt like I felt like even though Devin Booker had 24 points, I, f- I felt like he had kind of an underwhelming game. But the Clippers played great defense uh, on him particularly. But I, in general, I, now that we're watching that game, it looks like the Clippers in general have a have a good defensive matchup against the the Suns, uh, particularly against um, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, because uh, in the First like quarter, first half, I saw you know Kawhi Leonard and and uh, Patrick Beverly on uh, Devin Booker at times, and then in the second half they started doubling Booker and uh, you know passing isn't one of his stronger suits. He he only had three assists and Chris Paul only had three assists as well. So I, I thought that was a little underwhelming uh, for him as well. Chris Paul didn't shoot well. Uh, Patrick Be- Beverly, you know he. He actually did play solid defense as much as I don't like him. Like I, I thought, you know, he actually did play, you know, pretty good defense on on both uh, Booker and 
Yeah, baseball. yeah. The thing for me with Beverly is that I would love to have him on my team, but he just misses a lot of time. Like for yeah. the most part, yeah. like you know, just yeah. ticky tack injuries here or there that last like weeks at a time. It seems like, mm-hmm. and to your point, like the low assist numbers kind of give credit to the Clippers where they're stopping the yeah. ball movement and stop those assists from happening. They're closing out to their guys properly. Mm. Robin mentioned Rondo earlier and I'm not a Rondo fan, like almost at all. I think he's yeah. s- selfishly unselfish. I think he's looking for the assist in a lot of situations, unless he's got like a true winning situation like he was with the Lakers last year, where he definitely showed his chops and really was making free throws where historically he's not a good free throw shooter. He's not a good three point shooter, but he does have some clutch moments and clutch gene in him. Um, he played super well, and he kept diff- different guys on the Clippers incorporated in the action. So big props to him. Like Patrick Patterson. Like, yeah, Patrick Patterson. Had he, so he many got pick him and going. rolls. Yeah, pick and rolls. Yeah. He didn't have a great shooting night, but he was <laughs> he was literally active. Like he's. A, I'm talking about exhuming people from under the earth. He brought Patrick Patterson further out of the grave. Uh, him. <laughs> they had a. Uh, Who's the uh, other guy? Oh, Batum, who is a yeah. facilitator and a ball, you know, mover. He's just keeping everyone kind of touching the ball, kind of like uh, in Space Jam. Space Jam Two is coming out uh, this summer, where it's like, oh, touch the ball, everyone touch the ball, get your hands on the ball. It's kind of like that. So, <laughs> if Rondo can do that, um, then I can definitely see why the pickup, you know, it can be beneficial because Kawhi Leonard, good ball handler, can make the easy pass, can make a good pass, you know, good strength. Paul George, he had an almost MVP season on the Thunder when he was playing with Russell yeah. Westbrook until he got injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can handle the ball for sure. He can navigate pick and roll. But do those guys want to do that every other position? No, they they really truly don't. And you want to have those guys having fresh enough legs to go back to back on whatever given night, you know, in the playoffs for seven games in the seven game series against the Nuggets because you know it's going to happen again. Uh, so, um, <laughs> that's kind of where, that's kind of where I'm at with those guys. Oh, and then another, uh, props to Tory, uh, Tory Craig, man. Yeah. Uh, he followed up, uh, Aiden had some good vision, uh, dump off pass to Tory Craig who yammed it home. And I was like, man, that is straight a product of him being in Denver playing with Jokic, you know, being a big man, knowing how to navigate a clogged lane. Uh, so that's something that not every, every guy knows how to do. That people want to say, oh, there's too many big men on the court. How's it going to be, you know, how's there going to be enough spacing for guys to attack? You can do it. You just have to have some skill navigating those defenses and presences, uh, even if it's not as easy or beautiful as one in and, and four out. So, yeah. And I was, I was going to say, uh, Patrick Beverly posted a donut today. He has zero points. <laughs> I feel like slowly over time, like, his like obviously he was just like more of a spot up corner shooter mm-hmm. like three and D straight up, but I feel like he doesn't do the three part anymore. Like, he you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he just he doesn't score. And even on defense, like I think he has a lot of like fouls to where it's just like okay, like I get it, you're a pest, you're gonna annoy the person, but some of them are dumb. Like you, your best option is to be available for the team. And even the one where he stopped Chris Paul and he did the little elbow, like yeah. that was uncalled for. He could have just fouled yeah. him. He didn't have to do the whole elbow thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel and like it, that in the playoffs is not going to fly, especially because you might get suspended the next game. And then, therefore, you won't be playing the next game. And that's going to hurt your team more than, you know, just not elbowing somebody. It's not that hard. Yeah. The best yeah. ability is availability. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a donut today, though. I just wanted to throw that yeah. out there. So did Jay Crowder. He had a donut as well. Yeah. yeah kind of yeah. strange. Only two shots. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, props to the defense and. And uh, and the Clippers, man, like they've got a lot of dudes that can drive and kick. Like I, I think I saw a possession where there were like seven drives and kicks on the same drive, and everybody got it. <laughs> everybody mm-hmm. dribbled on that possession, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say, like, with Patrick Beverly, you know, not scoring, and then also making those dumb fouls, like getting ejected from the game, like getting technical fouls and stuff like that. That's uh, I, I feel that hurts the team because, you know, you brought in Rondo, so that kind of alleviates the pressure a little bit. But at the same time, you know, the, if he, you know, gets in foul trouble or he gets ejected from the game, that leaves the door open to where you got to bring in Reggie Jackson and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, not not the 
you know, not, not the, guy the ideal you situation. Lean on, oh, and, but, and that's uh, that's the thing I was gonna say as well. Like they needed to get Rondo because it's like mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson versus Patrick Beverly. Like those guys either are gonna be yeah. playing or they're gonna be playing bad. So you need a third yeah. guy to kind of shore <laughs> up the the roulette. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and uh, then yeah. oh, what's up? No, I, I was just gonna say like uh, even though like Pat, I mean uh, Reggie Jackson and a bunch of other guys on the Clippers are you know have averaging career high three point percentage like a lot of these guys on the clippers like they're they're shooting the three ball like really well uh this year yeah yeah for sure um and so just looking at their at their lineup they added to marcus cousins and they have serge Ibaka that's out i don't really expect uh cousins to get a lot of run Uh, i don't Mm -hmm. think he's going to make their playoff rotation kind of be like a break glass in case of emergency um but i to me ideally uh, they get good minutes out of Patrick Beverly that are better than Reggie Jackson's. They get great minutes out of Rondo, uh, mm-hmm. and they kind of put Reggie Jackson third in the pecking order because that guy got his turnovers, man. Like he's got a good athletic, you know, range of motion. He can cover open space well, but I, th- I think he's definitely third in the pecking order. Zubac, as much as I, as much as he gets on my nerves, very solid, worthy of being out there. Mm-hmm. I think their yeah. their number one lineup is, you know, of course the two stars. One of those three uh, point guards starting, and then a good rotation involving, you know, Marcus Morris, um, Batum. Put Patrick Patterson out to pasture because it's not going to last forever. Don't forget Ibaka. And and Ibaka, that's what I'm saying when he comes back. So I think that's their their top, like, seven, eight guys that I think are going to go into the playoffs with. So that's for me. I would say the more I've watched the Clippers this season, the less, like, I believe they can win the West. Oh, I think I, the, I personally think the, they the, would be exceeding my expectations if they got to the Western Conference Finals. I don't yeah. even think that they should be even aiming for the finals. I think they should be trying to building building block themselves into the Western Conference Finals. My thing is, do y'all think it's championship or bust? Uh, I think them? I think that's gonna be like their mantra, like you know, to be like we're just as good as the Lakers. We're worthy of your dollars too, fans. Like that's what they're gonna say. But I think that they would be happy with a Western Conference Finals berth, win or lose, because I, I, you know, I've read from Shams or I think it was even, I think it was Woj, that Kawhi Leonard is looking into resigning long term, whether or not, you know, it's mainly for his family, you know, his lifestyle, as opposed to aspirations with the team. Um, so I think they'd be happy with a with a climb as far as Western Conference Finals. I don't think it's championships or bust, because they're gonna rotate all those other guys, not those two. You, Robin, you said the more you watch the Clippers, the less you believe they're capable of winning it. I just think the West last season it was three teams. It was a three-team mm. race with really two primary teams, with the LA teams. Yeah. This year you got Phoenix, who's looking really tough. Like even today, off a of back-to-back, basically held up with the Clippers. Um, you got Utah, who's balling out. Mm. I don't like. I got to see it in the playoffs, but I believe they can do it. Yeah. They got so much depth. Their bench is good. Jordan Clarkson is going berserk this season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you got Don, the Lakers when they get healthy. Lakers when too. they get healthy are going to be good. And then you got the Nuggets who are getting better Woo! and better. The Nuggets. Woo! Yeah, the Nuggets. And I ain't talking <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> but, I mean, there's there's five teams this season that I can see all five of them going to the Western Conference Finals yeah. and, you know, even winning. Uh, last season, I really only believed that the two LA teams were going to win the West. Like I, the mm. Nuggets were really good last season, but I just didn't believe it. Uh, but this season, like the Clippers haven't stood out. Like I feel like they've gotten worse since last season, and I, and a conference has gotten better. I I feel like they haven't gotten worse. I just feel like they've only gotten like marginally better compared to other teams in the West who have gotten a lot better. I mean, the Lakers, in my opinion, haven't gotten well. Well. Actually, no. They they did have the pickups of Dennis Schroeder and and Montrezl Harrell in the offseason, so they did get a lot better. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like they're still one of the top teams of the West. But yeah, the West is just like super stacked this this year. Like you know, even even more compared to you know others. Uh, but yeah, I, I the watching them this game, you know, it, it gave me confidence in them that that they can go far and can make it to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, 
it's just it's just it's just gonna be like a really hard road to get there. Even even the teams below them are are kind of scary. Like Dallas has been playing really well. Uh, the Trailblazers, you know, they, they can be a threat. Uh, you know, uh, Nurkic is looking good, and uh, CJ McCollum starts firing off. And if they fix up their lineup, if they stop playing uh, Ennis Kanter and Carmelo Anthony at the same time, but uh, other than that, like you know, all the teams in the West are are pretty scary. I think the biggest threat for the Clippers is opposing centers like Jokic and Rudy Gobert eating them alive. Ibaka is going to be critical to not play the center, but to shore up the big man minutes and make sure that if, uh, Zubac doesn't eat up, you know, five fouls in two quarters and then they have a big hole, you know. And then no matter how good your perimeter defense is, you gotta you need some sort of interior option on offense and mm. defense. So I think that's going to be key. Um, I'm up on their additions. Like you said, Ibaka, I'm reluctantly up on Rondo for the moment because he did show it last year. He could be crucial in like all those hidden ways. Um, but I think that the Suns are currently more dangerous than the Clippers. Uh, the Nuggets, like you said, the Lakers, if they get all their guys back, which I think that they should, especially by playoff time, uh, those all have edged them out from their top two status from last year. So I agree with you. And like even today, just real quick, like, I mean, Kawhi and Paul George, besides Rondo, were the only people that scored in double digits. I think they had like 60. They had more than half the points. So what happens when one of them are having an off night? Like, who's going to pick up the slack? I just think that they rely on them too much. Like, them, like the two stars, a little bit too much. So that's why they brought in Rondo. So he can kind of, you know, like Get the... spread the ball to everybody else. Yeah. But my thing is, like, in the playoffs, you need your stars there every night. And I feel like those – I've it's just I feel like their timing is in the playoffs is never good. It's like one of them are having a good series and they rotate, mm-hmm. but you know so they can they both be consistent every night. So where their you know their other people can step up. That's just why I think. But you know who knows? Yeah, they we'll can prove what happens wrong and they can win the chip. Hey, I got the uh, they were favored by six and I won the bet tonight. We didn't mention the second game. Uh, you guys yeah. both took the Suns on this one it's on a second out of a back to back, but. You know, it's just the yeah. way the cookie crumbles. I, you know, I believe off of, oh, off of whoa, overtime. Whoa. Why are you uh, trying to make of... us seem like we're dumb for like weren't no, you last no, no, no. place last month? I sure was, but it's a new month, okay. baby. New month, new All me. Right. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so what's the score for the uh for the month so far? Uh me and Kyle are at a whopping one and three. Mm. And you are at a Dallas Cowboys Ooh, two and two. Two and two. Jason Gary <laughs> special, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I yeah, yeah. I mean, back to you know the Clippers really quick. You know, it, you're gonna, it really you're does. You're gonna roast these guys some more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it. It really just depends on if Paul George is consistent in the playoffs. Like, it's it's that Clippers curse, man. You know, well we'll have to see if it comes to fruition this year again. But you know, more more than likely it probably will, with just how tough the tough the West is. But and then. The, the Suns also kind of disappointed me they a little bit this game because this was like the first game that I got to you know really take a closer look at them uh uh you know on a nas- on the national stage you know mm-hmm. uh and and they kind of let me down a little bit I mean obviously you know they're coming off an overtime win uh, in a back to back in a different uh, city kind of, like I had yeah. to do a double take they were in Phoenix the other yeah day, yeah and, they're and, they're in Phoenix and tonight so they're they in L A. Yeah, so they had to make a quick flight and and stuff like that. So you know, I do cut them some slack. I, but you know, they they were just like super off from three. And uh, I, if they just made a couple more three pointers, like able to slow the run down, uh, especially in the fourth, like the, this could have been their game for sure. I have uh, one more quick question. Um, how far down do y'all think the Lakers are gonna dip? Let me pull up the standings. So right now they're two, they're one and a half games up of the six seed Blazers, and they're two and a half games up of the seven seed Mavericks. And their upcoming schedule. I. Th- mm-hmm. It's it's really tough. I mean, yeah, yeah, you you have to look at their schedule. Uh, I know the Mavericks have one of the easier schedules. Uh, they have the easiest one in the West, I believe. Right, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Since the since the All Star break. Uh, so, uh, and, and the, the trailblazers are, are sliding a little bit. Uh, you know, they just lost tonight to, to Utah. Uh, they've had a couple of, uh, tough losses in the, in the past couple or this past week. So Port, Portland may slide a little more. Dallas may climb, but Port, Portland is still a threat. And then, 
you know, depending on their schedule, they they may drop to like seventh or eighth, uh, or like worst case scenario. I hope that this doesn't sound too hedgy. I'm not trying to hedge my bets too much, but I think that the worst case scenario is that they drop to seventh and become a nightmare <laughs> playing tournament. You know, I know uh, <laughs> they're gonna be nightmare for the top seed whenever they advance to the next round after the playing tournament. Um, and then. The best case, I think, is they stay exactly where they're at. I don't think they're, they're going to be able to climb or get out of a hole that they're mm-hmm. digging themselves into right now because their upcoming schedule, it's mostly playoff teams. Uh, play Brooklyn, who lost Harden for about 10 days, but they just got Kevin Durant right back. <laughs> like It's yeah. like, what is this? Uh, and mm-hmm. then the Knicks, who play hard. Charlotte, who they're probably going to win that one because they're missing a lot of guys too. Uh, then mm-hmm. Boston, and then Utah twice. So oh, Utah yeah. twice, they play yeah, Dallas, soon Dallas twice, twice after that too. Yeah, so yeah. their only gimme is their only gimme is one of the Dallas games because Dallas doesn't seem to, you know, give all the effort every mm-hmm. night. They lost to the Rockets like yesterday. Yeah, and then they beat the Bucks yeah. tonight uh, without Giannis. And then their mm-hmm. last gimme is on the 26th against Orlando. Um, so yeah, I think that they could definitely get down to the seventh seed for sure. Mm-hmm. That's that's gonna be crazy come playoff time, and then especially if they, you know make the finals or even win the finals when when if you know when lebron and ad comes back healthy uh that that'll be a pretty interesting and bracket ruining uh a storyline if you know if they slide Ooh, to seventh then we definitely need to make a bracket for for this playoffs. yeah uh, yeah for sure oh yeah but you know that's just crazy well, once like, the seeds are of... set right what do you say Bro, huh? once the once the seeds are set, right? Or, yeah, or, once the seeds are set, uh, and yeah. then we we do the teams and we predict the games as well. Okay, how many games it'll be? I was gonna say like think of Utah or Phoenix like grinding all season to mm-hmm. get first or second seed, and then you play the realize LeBron. play the Lakers. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. come on, man. I know that that would be the worst. <laughs> yeah, so, it, was, uh, it, it, uh, it it would be kind of interesting too, because like you know it would be probably phoenix and utah fighting for the number one spot in the west to avoid uh lebron and the lakers in the seventh seed so whoever gets the second seed would would have the the tougher the tougher time there so they they may be fighting or maybe maybe they may even think it's better if they slid to like the the third seed oh yeah what a shuffle that'd be that'd yeah. be that'd be crazy that would be real crazy the lakers it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good LeBron. last month i'll say that yeah yeah all right, so we were looking ahead at the Lakers schedule somehow, even though we were just talking about the Clippers and the Suns. Uh, yeah. What's 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 coming up next week uh, on the docket for That's the next national game? Right uh, next week, the first game is Milwaukee Atlanta. Oh wow, Trey uh, Young on the national stage. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Am I going to be riding the Hawks into my game log as a winner? <laughs> is is Giannis going to be back? He had some yeah. hamstring tightness and, or knee soreness. Yeah. One of those. Something my fantasy team realizes it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then and then the other game, the nine o'clock game, is Celtics Lakers. Hopefully, the Celtics can try to show out. And uh, well, then again, Anthony Davis is still being reevaluated. Like he doesn't even have a timetable mm. to come back. Really. Yeah. Uh, LeBron's still kind of out of the, out of the lineup. And what I was gonna say was, if they're there. Um, are they going to be able to take advantage of somebody like Robert Williams, who jumps at everything with great timing? Mm-hmm. You know, he's a time lord, but you know, he's still a young center that is starting now since they traded away Daniel yeah. Tice, and now he'll be going up against uh, Andre Drummond probably. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, that's the matchup to watch: Robert Williams versus Andre Drummond. That's not what we thought we were going to be saying when the season started. But yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. We know, we know. You don't got to make that face, uh, Robin. <laughs> so looking forward to that. Uh, challenging the users out there, the listeners, to watch those games with us. We love that you guys rely on us for the recaps, but you know, if you guys watch at the same time as we do, and then you listen to our show, and then you have any contradicting opinions, we want to hear those. We want you to tweet at us. Uh, we had shout out to Chris. Hit up our DMs on Instagram, saying you know who we had in the betting line. Uh, we post those for you guys to interact with too and vote on it too. So really appreciate that. Uh, please keep interacting with us. Um, any final notes on the Clippers or any general notes at all before we wrap up this episode? Any more questions? Uh, I guess I'll just throw out there to make things even spicier about the Western Conference standings, the Jazz, Suns, Clippers, and Nuggets are eight and two in their last 10 games. Mm, So I think they're all getting, yeah, they're all getting hot at the perfect time while the Lakers are not kind of going (laughs) the opposite way. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be fun to see how that plays out. 
Yeah. Uh, this season, I feel like it's definitely, you know, the Western Conference is going to be the conference to, to watch in the playoffs. In the East, it's other than the first seed, Brooklyn, I, I feel like it, it'll probably be interesting there. But, you know, other than them, uh, I, I feel like it'll be interesting to watch. Dude, seeing Philadelphia, like, terrorize these dudes in the East, that's going to be yeah. fun for me to watch, man. I love yeah. volleyball. Man, Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid slammed it down like he was Shaq the other day. It was kind of a clear out, but he straight up just went up with one hand and almost like he was gonna tear the roof down. Like it looked, it looked amazing. Like I, I wish I could be that tall and strong. Did 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 you see the other day? Uh, uh, Car Anthony Towns and uh, Joel Embiid go at it. You know, Cat dunked on Joel Embiid. That that was a sick poster. That was yeah, sick, it was, it was. Like... But can I find the gif of when Joel Embiid was laying on the ground doing the suck it? <laughs> to uh, that was so dumb. I was, was like, so "Why cool. are you doing you're, that, Kyle? You I don't, like, you don't remember that era. You don't remember that era the, of WWE. No, I do remember. Yeah, no, well, it was I, after I, that. Was it attitude? Attitude. Uh, attitude was. What was the Triple H and Bret Hart uh, era? Oh, you're right. It was attitude era. I just yeah. remember. Yeah, I know my WWE or WWF. Yeah, yeah, but man, yeah. suck it. No. Um, I, I I know that era too, but man, like I I I was never with that. I, I always thought it was a little cringy. Dude, I, I, like, I, I love all the corny antics that Joel Embiid has. <laughs> I, I love them all. He is such a troll. <laughs> like, remember when he was when they mentioned him on Jeopardy, and they were like, "What is uh, a player nicknamed blank blah 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 after tanking whatever?" And they were like, "What is do a one eighty, <laughs> which is not the process." Uh. <laughs> And then, oh, no. and then I, Joel Embiid, uh, you didn't know. And then Joel Embiid uh, went on Twitter or on Instagram, and he changed his name to Joel Dua One Eighty Embiid <laughs> instead of the process. <laughs> that guy is such a such a troll. I love that guy. But yeah, seems like Frederick's in love with this guy. Mm, he's so cool. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so that's it for me. Uh, you guys got anything else? Yeah, that'll be it. All right, well, I appreciate you guys joining us for a full squad episode of the Shot Callers. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, please hit us up on any of our social media channels, any of our podcast avenues. I'll name the podcast ones, and then Kyle's going to tell you about the social media and the email inbox. Please leave a review, like and subscribe on YouTube, leave a mm-hmm. comment, interact with us, leave a rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. We want to be on that up-and-coming uh, hot growing category so that other people can find out about us and if you know someone that likes the NBA just you know use a good old text send them, send them a link to our show via text tell yeah. them out loud google the shot callers podcast and they'll find us anywhere where can people find us on social media Kyle you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at shot callers show that's at shot callers shot callers show and same thing with the email at shotcallershow at gmail.com. Yeah, because we are taking submissions for the mailbag. So send us any mm-hmm. questions at shotcallershow yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, leave us a like on YouTube. Uh, subscribe if you enjoy our content. Hit that notification bell so you get notified when our videos go up because they can slide under the YouTube radar. Our subscriptions uh, could get you know drowned out. So hit the notification bell and leave a comment uh, just hit us up and we'll love to talk to y'all back cool 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 so for robin for kyle my name is rich thank you for joining us and we are the shot callers we will see you guys next week